Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. And you already know that this is about giving unconscious aspects of you the freedom to take a strong position for the purposes of emoting, not for the purposes of creating a accurate historical record. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Doing the work is surprisingly only really half of the work. The second and often more challenging part is to take a close look at what comes out. Previously, we had looked at some uncomfortable parts of our pasts, acknowledging our weaknesses, examining the flaws of our parents, and looking at the relationship between them. We're going to take some time to reflect on the lessons we've learned, as well as look at why it can be so difficult to see our parents in a realer light. This episode was originally recorded as part of the Claiming Self-Authority course available at clearandopen.com, or you can go directly to the course site, courses.clearandopen.com. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. I'd appreciate it a lot. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. You guys got a pretty intense assignment, and then I didn't even let you gloss over it. I gave you the assignment about the assignment, that was a meta assignment to look at the assignment that you did with a fine tooth comb. Cause it's some of you probably noticed it's easy to do it and then sort of look away and go on to the next thing. And it's doing it is only half the battle. The second piece that is often more challenging is to really look carefully at what came out. So uh, if you want, I can give you more of that kind of stuff to go even deeper. The sense I get is some people have sort of had enough. <laughs> like, okay, I've, I've, I'm wringing the water out of a damp rag of your soul and your childhood. There's a lot more. And it requires a certain temperament and a certain hunger to be really wanting to dig into that kind of stuff. So I understand. Generally, the courses that I do are kind of surveys. You know, they're, I mean, it may seem deep to you, but really these are superficial surveys of the terrain. They're like, you know, surveying the mountain with a drone, not actually climbing up it to expose you to a lot of different topography of your emotional body, topography of your inner world. To actually explore these things fully is a different thing. But uh, you can glean a lot, of course, from a bird's eye view and do, I hope. So what do you got to say? What's going on for you? Uh, In the assignment that you gave us, 
Mm-hmm. The first part where you had a little letter that we could write to our protecting part of ourselves around our parents was really helpful because it showed compassion and some understanding to that part. And I, I wrote that out and then I had a whole, I, I did a lot more came out for me, you know, than always and nevers for mom and dad, but I looked over them and they're still, even though they were more fleshed out, you know, more detailed and stuff, they still weren't terribly angry or upset at either one of them. Maybe you had perfect parents. I did not have perfect parents. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I think, I don't know why I can't get to that point in the always and nevers. But, you know, some of the other assignments that you've given us, um, I have been able to dig up some stuff that hasn't been. Is it true that you don't know why? Um, no, I think that the always and never just is a structure that's not digging it up for me. Why? Oh, well, because I keep thinking that the always and never is not true. Because? Because um, no one's an ever, always or never. <laughs> because it would force parts of you to take a position. Um, and what's dangerous about taking a position? It seems unfair to take a position at an extreme end of a spectrum. Unfair to? Um, unfair to the person that I'm judging. Mm-hmm. And you already know that this is about giving unconscious aspects of you the freedom to take a strong position for the purposes of emoting, not for the purposes of creating a accurate historical record. You already know that. Yeah. So what, what's it really about? What's the unwillingness to take a position really about? I think I want to protect my relationship in my mind with my mom and my dad. The relationship you have in your mind Mm -hmm. rather than the actual relationship? Well, the actual relationship is as each person perceives it, right? Hmm. So there is no actual relationship. There's only the purely subjective experience of it. Interesting notion. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, I never thought of it as that way, I guess. So... I, I like what you just said. You you said so much when you said, I want to, I forget what the word, verb was, protect the, or retain the relationship you have. You said relationship I have in my mind. It was like a pause there. There was this parenthetical in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's akin to preserving a self-image. It's like saying, I don't want to look at the truth because I really like my notion of the truth. And what if it turns out it's not true? In other words, what if you lose the idea you have of the relationship? Oh, okay. I know. I think that I can get to that point if I'm able to also balance it out. Try looking down instead of up, like as much as you can in your life. It keeps you out of your head. Okay. Say again. I I know what I can do to get there. 
Let me let me come at this one one other way thematically. Where else in your life do you avoid taking a position? Well, it's usually with people and having a strong opinion about things. And what's useful about not taking a position? I don't have to fight with people then. Mm-hmm. So taking a position means fighting for some part of you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And what, how do you think that comes to bear on your expression of your own personal power? That's where it leaks out. Yeah, that's like a sinkhole is the okay. image I got. A leak is an understatement. Okay. If you have a part that is using not taking a position as a strategy, now I'm not saying necessarily it's a rigid, you know, in stone position, but just the, if there's a deflection from an aversion to having a firm opinion about something as a way to stay safe, because it's wired up that if you have a strong opinion, it means you're going to get into a fight, then you will forever be at arm's reach, at miles reach from your own power. Which one of your parents required you to never have a position? Which one of your parents made it dangerous for you to have a position? My mom. Investigate that. Because as long as you're avoiding having a strong position, you're holding a torch for her. In other words, a part of you has twisted yourself into a pretzel to accommodate her willingness or her need to siphon from your power, your energy. And this is not uncommon. This is something I, I invite everyone to look at here. Parents who are not fully squared away with their own authority issues, their own power issues, unconsciously feed off of their children to make themselves feel more powerful. And it's understandable because it's an incredibly difficult job, probably the most difficult job in the world, parenting. And made even more difficult by everyone's doing it. And you can't get a whole lot of solace by complaining about how hard the job is. Because it's not like air traffic control or coal miner or you know, other difficult jobs. It's like everybody's doing it. So there's no one to complain to. You're not going to get a lot of agreement about how difficult it is. So there you are having a child, largely having no idea what to do, making it up as you go along. And there's the child behaving in ways, asking you questions, needing stuff from you. And you're terrified to let them know how little you know what you're doing. Because if you let them know if you're too transparent about that, then you're not doing your job, it seems. But if you're not transparent about, about that at all, well, then you're dishonest. You're not authentic. You know how hard it is to find the middle ground of that? It's hard enough to do that as a manager or a leader, but to do that in your own home, 24 hours a day, that's incredibly difficult. That's why I don't have kids, because I know how difficult it is. I mean, I can't even imagine. I, I mean, I don't have kids, so I'm speaking just from my intuition about it, and it scares the hell out of parts of me. It's really, really difficult. So these parents with so little training, so little awareness, just do whatever they can. And they've got to, they think they have to maintain control. And that ends up being innocently and unconsciously at the expense of you. So it's fine that it happened. I mean, there's no blame. But what I'm saying here is then as a grown child, you have an opportunity 
I mean, that's a soft way of saying, I would say a kind of mandate in your own self-interest to reclaim that, to reclaim that at every opportunity. Do you know when I, when I told my parents, when I confronted my parents in December, having the DNA evidence that I was sperm donor conceived, and I talked to my parents and tried to get the truth out of them. I rehearsed that conversation for hours before I actually talked to them. And I was able to stay fairly calm until I said, well, you have to tell my sister because it was the case for her too. And they immediately protested. Why? Why do we have to tell her? <laughs> like I was going to know, like how, how, how poorly do they know me and my values? That they thought that like, oh yeah, I found out the family secret. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll continue to keep it from my sister. <laughs> like how poorly do they know me? But I was even able to be okay with that. I said, well, they said, why, why does she have to know? And I said, because of the impact it has on both of us. Well, what impact? And I started to just soberly say, well, you know, for most of my life, I felt existentially lost and confused. And there was always this sense that something was wrong in my family and I never could put my finger on it. And they immediately protested. My mother said, I was there the whole time during your childhood. And I know, and I stopped her and I said, the only person who was there the whole time in my childhood was me. Basic logic. And I share this with you because if you actually have real authentic conversations with your parents, you will see opportunities for things like this where they, where they will assert a deluded, nonsensical, absurd reality on you in ways that for years, you probably have not noticed. You've been swallowing it, confused about it, looking the other way with it. You don't even notice. It was that way for me too. For the first 28, 29 years of my life, I didn't even notice the subtle ways in which they asserted their reality, their power over mine. Because again, this is what parents do. Because they're the most powerful person in your life for the first five, for the first 10, for the first 15 or so years. And then it starts changing and they grip. They grip because they have to, they think, maintain control. But as long as you let them do that, you stay a child everywhere in your life. You have to reclaim. Well, you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. If you want to reclaim, if you want to stand in your own authentic power, you have to reject and reclaim your own reality. And it doesn't have to be you know, some kind of vehement conflict. It doesn't have to be that. A few minutes later in that conversation, I said, look, that you decided to do donor conception, I'm fine with that. That you decided not to tell me and keep it a secret, attempting to keep it from me for my entire life. I don't like that, but I understand that's what the training was then. That's what they thought. But that you gaslight me when I tell you the impact? No. No, you don't get to do that. And in that moment, something changed in me. You can feel it when you stand up for your reality. You can feel it. And there may only be three, four, maybe half a dozen moments like that or issues like that for you with your parents. They will change your life forever. 
Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.